The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 61. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we're discussing the 19th episode of Season 3, New Ground. The SG-1 team is caught in the middle of a decades-long war between the Bedrosians and the Optricans. The Bedrosians like to put people in electric dog cages and be completely obtuse. We never see the Optricans. Teal, blinded by the lights, wrapped up in a deuce named Nyan. <laughs> Together, they are able to free SG-1, and Nyan returns to Earth to become Daniel Jackson's research assistant. And is never seen again. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I suspect <laughs> What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? It was an episode. Yeah. Nah, I don't think it was that bad, but it was just, it, there really wasn't a lot going on. You know, you had the, you know, like you said, you got the obtuse, you're lying, there's no way you could come from off planet. Well, uh big ring here that does the koosh thing how are you sure about that <laughs> yep it's uh there's not really a lot of character arcs for any of these people like the guy doesn't really go from being like the not believing them at all to believing them it just kind of ends yeah so. like well it might be a trick but don't you come do a rescue through it yeah <laughs> what about you victor yeah i mean this is one of the hardest types of SG-1 episode to talk about where it's not really good and it's not really bad. It's just kind of meh. I mean, there's not a lot of story here. It's just kind of a lot of filler. And, you know, you, you could tell that the the writer or the show creators maybe wanted to make a point about something or other, but didn't really drive it home. You know, and, and then it just kind of fizzles out at the end and doesn't really have any lasting implications or repercussions for the story. So, yeah, eh, it, it is. I mean, it, it definitely was a season three. You know, what is this? Episode 19. Yeah, we're getting towards ep- the end. You know, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an episode. Yeah, it's like, I guess the point they were going for was uh, like dealing with people who are very dogmatic to the point of not believing what's right in front of them. But then, and so it's kind of like a religious thing, but then it's also like a government propaganda thing, but they don't really come down firmly on either side. So it ends up just being muddled. Yeah, it's basically like, okay, we've got the quarry for the weekend. We can throw up a couple of tents. Let's make an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of, not even throw up a couple of tents. Let's, we got a bunch of mylar. Let's just yeah. stretch it over <laughs> the frames, you know, stretch it over the frame of a, uh, a greenhouse and call it good. 
Well, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it was written. This was written by Heather Ash, Heather E. Ash, who wrote both Learning Curve and Foothold, which were both good episodes. And then yeah. this. So this, I guess, everybody's got to have a stinker. It almost seems like maybe they just because there's no real, like, well, we get like new uniforms and stuff like that, but then there's no real set pieces or we don't actually see the villages or the cities or anything. It's just they're in this. Yeah. Well. They, they took they took a, a line from Doctor Who. Find a quarry. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you need an alien planet, find a quarry. So, and that's what they did. Just, <laughs> they built in a chunk of the quarry. Almost expect, have to expect to see you know the, the the quarry trucks in the back you know moving yeah. moving rock as they're filming. No, no, this is like very good, like half of a Doctor Who episode. Like this is like the civilization, like the Doctor and his companions would find themselves in, and they'd be like. Oh, there's this weird alien thing and they think we're enemies. And then suddenly, like, it turns out the Daleks or the Cybermen are like running the show. And that's the what the episode about. This is like the setting, but no story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't really get anything like the most they can come up with is that everyone gets put in cages and is interrogated in a very yep. stereotypical fashion. Yeah, well, n- not just cages, but electrical shock cages that. You know, do damage yeah. and yeah, Chucky dog crates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting. The Bedrosian or Bedrosian, yeah, technology is is pretty interesting. Like they have super advanced like shuttlecraft and some pretty cool force field technology. Um, I guess they have that going for them. And that yeah. that also doesn't really square with the kind of attitude and culture they seem to be wanting them to have like it seems like they wanted to be like super fundamentalist but then they have advanced technology and i feel like you're not going to get that those two things going together like that yeah. well i mean it could be a totalitarian regime who knows but yeah well i, I laugh because you know the these they are able to dial in the gate because this is a gate that had been buried but now it's been uncovered and they send the map through, and Daniel goes, oh, it looks like their technology is similar to ours by looking at a ladder. Yeah. yeah. And I the mean, little, just a, a ladder. The little pics that the archaeologists have in their thing, and their, yeah. like their clothes are like, you know, it could be like really like coarse woven, you know, material or, or yeah, it is, it is pretty, uh, yeah. And, and the interesting thing, I mean, just because there's not a lot to talk about with this episode, like Carter at beginning says this is the cold address program later she refers to it as the cold dialing program whatever mm-hmm. but they're basically like redialing old gate addresses that they haven't got a hit on before and this one happens to have been excavated by two uh, archaeologists uh Nyan and Malin and that's why Carter is able to to get a hit on it and they send a they send a map through and then and, and the the you know Nyan is like are you an artificial intelligence he's like no 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 my boy I'm I'm speaking to you through this robotic uh, machination here and um you know daniel's all set to just you know charge through the gate and and uh, jack of course says well do you see a, a dhd there and we get our first reference to actually um an aqueda reactor being used in the field general hammond yep. tells carter take an aqueda reactor so you can hook it up to the gate and aqueda reactors become like you know the the bic lighters of a uh, <laughs> the Stargate franchise at some point is like, oh yeah, let's just uh, yeah, let, let's hook one of those up. Let's let's just make sure you got your Naquita reactor with you. 
And yeah, um, of course, so, of course this so one got left behind. Yeah. So now, now they've given this alien, uh, this evil alien empire, uh, uh, Nakoda reactor technology. And I'm sure we see them again I mean, later on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, with her uh, her program, it it's basically an angry IP scanner, but for the Stargate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. and see what hits you get. <laughs> yeah, a war dialer. Yeah. Yeah. For for you older folks out there. Um, now, Nyan, now Nyan's interesting. The character, uh, he is. the actor Nyan, um, plays played by Richard Ian Cox, who he pro- he might look familiar. I mean, he, he's somebody that you, you've probably seen in a lot of shows of this time period, but he's still somebody who today does a lot of animation, uh, voice work, especially like English su- uh, dubs for like uh, uh, anime and things like that. So he's he's an actor who's who's actually quite busy and quite involved in a lot of projects. You just don't see him so much on screen. But yeah, he's yeah. his voice definitely sounded familiar. I'm sure I've heard it in some before. Yeah, but he, of course, his uh, choice in in archaeology partner is not super duper. As uh, Malin, of course, runs and tells the uh, the authorities right away that someone has come through the Stargate. Yep, just immediately uh, calls them. Um, well, and she doesn't really get any sort of like. There's no reconciliation between them at the end. Like I thought, maybe they, she might like. Well, there's, there's, yeah. no, you don't get anything. There, there's, there's she no resolution appears. to anything. Yeah. There's no resolution yeah. to anything. We're introduced to a scientist who might be like friendly to like the idea of, of like aliens and stuff. And um, I, I have to look up her name because I don't think she's even named in in the show. Um, yeah, uh, Perry or something, or, or Perry, yeah. who's who's a. Has anyone seen Perry? But no, she's she's basically shows up as the scientist and is like, what what if they're telling the truth? And her big story, Denouement, is she she gets like zapped by Teal'c at the end and is is like knocked unconscious. Yeah, and that's and that and that's the end of her story arc. Like, there's no big confrontation with like the commanding officer about like, no, I believe these guys are are telling the truth or anything. No, she just runs out of the tent and gets like zapped, and that's it for her. Seemed like there were yep. a lot of like triple taps too, like. Is it killing everybody? Well, well, there were definitely a couple. Of, there were a couple of double taps where you heard the the zaps twice. Yeah, but. yeah Nyan like doubles at somebody. Like, like he you only see one blast, but but you you you, you hear like him like doubles at somebody. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Get a grudge, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the yeah the first guy who comes out or, or something like Nyan like doubles at him even right after he just told Teal to like stun, don't kill or something. He was just talking about Teal, not him. Yeah, okay. They were yeah. his to get. Oh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Nyan's uh, latent bloodlust is activated. Yep. Take that, all. Academy. My, yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of the episode is when they're talking to... So they've got the all their equipment, and SG-1 is all locked up, and they reactivate the gate from the SGC, and General Hammond is calling them on the walkie-talkie. <laughs> Where they're mm-hmm. standing there talking, everyone's distracted, and then like the one the one officer looks back and you see the tent kind of moving. Because the oh, guy yeah. can't drive a mouth. Yeah. Like the guy just yeah, exactly. he's, like, he's like, turn the camera around. The guy's like, What? Move the mouth like five feet in yeah. the wrong direction? Yeah. Oh wait, move it five feet the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel's like, Don't, don't, wait, no, stop, stop, cut it, quit. Daniel you know, is very confusing with his hand gestures. You, you think yeah. he's like saying kill the transmission, but really he's like waving. Uh, yeah, it's very confusing yeah. what's supposed to be going on there. <laughs> That's your uh, 
about the level of this episode to get any sort of anything dramatic happening. You got to shake a tin around with the mouth. <laughs> well, the, and we, <laughs> well, and then we find out that they're, that, their god, their gold was Nefertum, who is an underlord of Ra, who I don't think we hear about ever again either. The blue lotus blossom of Ra. Yeah. yeah. They referred him that, that way at least twice. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, so not Neferti, but a different guy. The other yep. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that the defining moment... <laughs> So Teal uh, is ambushed in the in the woods by one of the soldiers. He turns around literally face to face with this guy. They both have staff weapons, which are either like four or six feet long. And somehow he manages to to shoot the guy like, you know, through his chest. But the other guy like manages to shoot his stun weapon right at Teal's the bridge of his nose, which blinds Teal. And so Teal is like, I'm unconscious and blind now. And um, Nyan finds him and, and, you know, drags him into a cave. And then Nyan's like, I'm going to go get like something that will help you out. And Tilk's like, what's what's cool about the scene is like Tilk is like completely vulnerable. It's like one of the few times we see Tilk completely like vulnerable. He is helpless. He cannot do anything for himself. And then they immediately undercut this by having him swarmed by like rubber bats in this yeah. cave. They're like, how can we make Tilk even? I know. Let's send a swarm of bats at his head and he'll have and to the, like fight them off because that always looks realistic in, in shows well, when we do that. Yeah. And of course, they're, you know, they're they're alien bats. So they look like the. Uh, the monster Draki from Dragon Warrior, if you remember that game. That's yeah. exactly what they look like, kind of a round round head with a pointy tail and then bat wings. That's basically what they look like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was hoping that this would be a good, like, Teal-centric episode and we get to see him, like, battle through this vulnerability. And But it, no, he's he just kind of sits in no, the cave yeah. and they cure his eyes and then he comes and shoots people. Like, we don't get any sort of... No. There's no character in in any of these scenes. Basically, Nyan happened to have a, a, a portable uh, LASIK device. Yeah, d- did LASIK surgery on him. Yeah, and and it's like, oh, you're what? What happens if your symbiote can't heal you? Like, will your symbiote die? He's like, it might. And then they get back to her. It's like, well, good thing your symbiote's so resilient. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's a yeah. It's uh uh, one thing I, I did like though, is, uh, Nyan's talking to Teal'c and saying like, come back with me to the Academy. I'll, you know, now they'll know that aliens are, are real, you know, and, and, and you can be my proof. And Teal'c is like, I will not be the proof. <laughs> and I thought that was just a very funny line. I don't know. It wasn't meant that way, but it was very funny. Yeah. A lot of this episode was just very, eh, like writing up the, the summary in my show notes for this. It's like. What is there even to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple other things. One one thing I did find amusing, and this has nothing to do with the show itself, but the um, the Optricans are their unseen enemy. And the captions on, on I was watching this on Netflix, but the, the captions for this had, they had a typo. And so, so it said optrician, which oh. is not the same <laughs> as optician. But I just imagined like, it was like, you know, going back to Doctor Who, you know, classic Doctor Who, they would have like this, this, you know, alien race and then it turns out they were from earth and in their name had been bastardized at some point and so i was just imagining like yes our sworn enemy the optricians and their logo is like this big eyeball or something but uh maybe that's where, the holy eye chart maybe that's yeah. where uh, nyan got the vision repairing device he stole it from oh the yes from the, from there the optricians yeah so i i got a kick out of out of that at least um yeah 
<laughs> the other thing is like, so they, they get there and, and they have these big, huge, they look like, you know, in a cartoon when they would need to give a dog an injection, they have these big, huge syringes oh, yeah. that are, that are like, you know, 10 or 12 inches long or whatever. They're maybe <laughs> not that long, but they go over and Jack goes like, okay, that's a needle. And they inject them. But then there's no, like there's, they don't say there's no, you know, what the effect of these needles is supposed to be is never stated The the people don't say, gosh, I feel woozy. And I want to tell you the truth now. Well, it's just like, they just inject them. And then there's, there's why, you know, it wasn't an but, injection. It was a blood draw. Oh, okay. See if they were that makes more sense. the red blood filling their, the needle. That doesn't happen when you get an injection. I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So it was a blood draw. I thought they were injecting him with like some like, you know, happy juice yeah, or something. Their DNA to see if they were. Uh, and they did. They did reference that later on. Okay. Yeah. That's still a lot of blood. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, isn't it? We're using turkey basters. So. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good twist. They're actually. Uh, it's like uh, to serve man. They're cooking. Them yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, now it's interesting, you know, that the, the so they dial in the gate, the gate opens up with the koosh and everything. Now it doesn't clear the rock within the gate, and it doesn't clear the rock behind the gate. Yeah. You know, the back of the koosh doesn't clear the rock behind it. They didn't even bother yeah. trying to clear that. They just literally took the prop of the gate up against the rock face of the wall and or, called it good. Or, or just the front face of the prop, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they just had established two episodes ago that the whoosh will like destroy things in front of it. Like that's been well established, but they don't really, they just didn't this time. And there's a back whoosh too. You're right. Father, father Corey, there is, there is an initial back whoosh before you get the forward whoosh. And yeah. And you would, you would think that if the front one, you know, of course, you know, the explanation is when it's buried on inside the rock where it's like the iris, it can't form. But if the front one forms, you think the back one would be able to push back and yeah. wipe it out. I just saw so. something. So are Stargates like one directional? Like, do you have to have it facing the right way? And it's like, yes. Stand you or, <laughs> well, it, yeah, you, you can't go backwards through a, you can't like go out through an incoming wormhole. Or are you, are you thinking like, can you jump through the back of the gate instead of the front of the gate? Yeah. Like what happens if you go around the oh. back and jump in? Isn't there isn't there an episode where that actually happens where somebody walks through the? Uh, I don't I know. Think, I know now because there, there is the issue of if you're going from Earth to Mars, let's say, and so the gate is open on Earth to Mars, you can't walk through it from Mars. We know that because it's right. destroyed. The wormhole is two way. That's how they can talk to each other on the radio, but the actual matter transmission is one way. Now, can you go to the backside of the Earth? gate and walk in to get to mars i seem I, to think that's happened but i can't remember well so with the puddle jumpers later in atlantis they they seem to fly through the gates they don't seem to be too discriminate about about like what's the front and what's the back of the gates but that could just be the way they set it up on the show i did notice that nyan like in the incoming wormhole he did stick his hand into the incoming wormhole and I don't yeah. know if that's something we've seen a lot, too, where people will stick their appendages into the incoming wormhole. Not. I did appreciate, though, how everybody knew to jump out of the way of the wormhole before it even kawooshed and yeah. didn't get themselves all like, you know, 
boots, like steaming boots, you know, in the exactly and uh, in, in the incinerated in one episode. Yeah, which which was good. It would have been kind of like a pretty short episode. Like, oh, where was that guy we were just talking to? Mm. But it might have been more interesting. Yeah. General, yeah. where are you at? Yeah, would have had, yeah. All you see is his boots and his guns yeah. in there. <laughs> I, uh, I do like that they have a more advanced level of technology here because I feel like a lot of the planets we see, they're medieval level or at like 20th century at most. So it's nice to see them actually having like shuttlecraft and things like that. But it makes me wonder, like, do they have spaceships? Are they a multi-planetary society? Like, we don't really get anything, though. Other than they're fighting the optricians. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess they don't leave planet. I don't know. Or at least know of other planets that have. Yeah. It's weird, too, that they would, like, refer to Bedrosia as, like, this is our continent and not, like, our country or our nation or, you know, our. Yeah. It's the whole planet of hats thing where you get, like, monocultures. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's just like Oceania. Oceania has always been at war with e, with East Asia. Exactly, the United North American continent that we have here. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. John, second sound to the south or whatever Ross Perot was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack gets a good line in when when uh, the general is questioning him about his for his friend in the woods referring to. Uh, Tilk, who he isn't sure exists or not, but then Jack goes like, I have no friends in the woods or otherwise. So we get we get some half hearted, like sarcastic quipping by Jack, but um, his his heart's not really in it in this episode. Yeah. Um, Daniel does a lot more in this episode, like, you know, blindly jumping through the gate, basically to meet another archaeologist. And Nyan is pretty excellent. Uh, You know, he he does a lot um, here. Um, it would have been cool to see him again, come back as Daniel's assistant. Uh, but he's kind of like the, this won't mean anything to you, Jack, but he's kind of like the proto, uh, Jonas Quinn, who is mm-hmm. like an alien archeologist who's like really up on everything, joins the team, you know, basically fits in as a member of the team just because he's so clever, generally speaking and understands, you know, civilizations and cultures and stuff. But we have to wait a few years before we meet him. But uh, it would have been cool to to keep Nyan around, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's I wonder where all these uh, one-off people go afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's like you get in Star Trek every so often, you'll have that character who uh, comes to the future, and then it's just like, what do they do? Like, they have like a yeah, like a get together every so often. I don't know. It's kind of like if you're like you're being courted by a company and they're like, yeah, we want you to lead our CX division. You're going to lead customer experience. You're like, yeah, I get to define like what the customer experience is for this product. And you get in and then suddenly you're just answering like, you know, help tickets or something. Yep. Yeah. They they just shoved them into (laughs) Area 51 or something and said, just catalog this stuff here. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. You can't go back to your planet. What are you going to do? You got no rights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder uh, what is the. uh, like the, does he get citizenship? Does he have a? Uh, you have to get like a birth certificate and a social security number and all that. I would assume at least minimum green card. I mean, he's he's fine. He just can't leave the base. It's <laughs> a closet. He gets no, a closet. That hasn't stopped him. That hasn't stopped him before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, and then it's not clear as like. Tilk and everybody's like diving through the gate. So SG one is like time to bail, and they're all like diving through the gate, and it's like. 
So is the plan to bring Nyan along or, or he's just like kind of standing out there blasting grabbed. his country? Yeah, blasting his countrymen. And it's like finally Tilk says, like, no, let's take this guy with us. But it's like, was was that Tilk's plan or or what was the plan for Nyan here? He was just he's just kind of like opening fire on his on his countrymen. And as, as these people he's trying to save just all like leave. Well, and of course, you've got the magic, you know, the gate knows exactly how long it needs to stay open and not a second more. Yep. You know, it knows exactly how many people need to go through it and make sure nobody else gets through. I always assume that maybe they just hit the. Uh, what's it called? The garage door opener. Close. Close it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remote control. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What else? <laughs> So that was a good episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable. Uh, which would have been good. Mostly harmless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mostly harmless. I think that's yeah, Father Corey. That's the best explanation for this. Yeah, that's mostly that's always, harmless. You know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is always the best answer for something like that. It's mostly harmless. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, did y'all have any other uh, thoughts about this episode? No, I, I like the way the stun blast look and I like kind of like the weapons. They were kind of cool, you know, and the shuttlecraft looked look kind of neat, too, you know, and yeah, I'd like to see if those like that ship model was reused anywhere because not not in this, not in Stargate, I don't think. No, interesting. They would Sh- shades of the puddle jumper later on, but that looks a lot more ancient to ah, Nice. Yep. Awesome. Uh. Before we go, I'd like to uh, invite everyone to join our uh, Discord at sqpn.com slash Discord. We're having a lot of fun over there. Uh, we have some feedback from our listeners here. Hist Orb on YouTube uh, commenting on Children of the Gods all the way back. Our very first episode says, I love Stargate and I just found this podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, or Excellent. Thank you and welcome to the podcast. We've been uh, really enjoying this, so we're glad to have you on board. Yeah, glad to have And we're always glad to get feedback what you think of what we have to say, even if you disagree. Definitely. Just feedback nice. and uh and fan art is is especially uh yeah uh, welcome especially if it's uh my little pony themed exactly and and we were talking about the actor who played uh nyan this uh richard ian cox and he actually played i think three characters on friendship is magic Ooh, nice. so there we, go. there we go yeah everything is connected yep <laughs> we also had some feedback from uh Catherine o'hare who emailed us she said good morning secrets of star quest team I am on the jack track of watching the Stargate TV series for the first time, and I'm enjoying catching up with your podcast and diving into the deeper theology that comes up. Sometimes I find myself thinking, spoilers, come on, then remember that the show started 25 years ago. Oh, well, I'll yeah. stick around. Yeah, I've, there's a, I know a lot of like stuff that happens later on in the show just from looking at the wikis and uh, just kind of like through nerd yeah. osmosis, but it's still a lot of fun. The, and and we, we, we haven't exactly been shy about just letting the spoilers come out. But like like you said, this is a 25-year-old show. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I also try to be sensitive in, like, the spoilers. Hopefully, like, we won't get to those episodes for, like, another three or four years, and everyone will have forgotten about it by then. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, five years is kind of the statute of limitations for spoilers. In, in my yeah. Um, <clears throat> so here's uh, – she had some uh, two pieces of feedback. She said that Hathor gives her Katy Perry vibes and that she's surprised that she's gone, gone, not sci-fi gone, but somehow comes back. I definitely see the uh, the Katy Perry uh, resemblance there with the outfits yeah, and stuff. a little bit. A little bit. And w- what people need to realize is before 
Joss Whedon and Stephen Moffat with, uh, you know, the Buffyverse and then uh, the Doctor Whoverse. In sci-fi, once somebody died, they were typically dead. Like, they did. I mean, sometimes they came back, but, like, it wasn't like Stephen Moffat with Doctor Who. It's like, oh, you're dead. Well, we'll bring you back in three episodes. Or They literally did that yeah. with Spock in uh, Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And search for Spock. Okay. And, well, I mean, that's Spock. Many, how many times did Lore die, supposedly? Oh, yeah. Every single time. Now, brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 So outside of Star Trek. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, and Doctor Who. And <laughs> I'm hopeful yeah. because um, the actress has kept up so much with the fandom over the years that if they bring back Stargate, I would I would hope that they would bring back half. They have to bring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They That'd have to bring, cool. bring her That'd back. Be yeah. Really cool. She also says uh, the Bane episode in Colorado Springs. I've lived in Colorado my whole life and have friends and family from Colorado Springs, especially in the 90s. And there are a lot of rundown areas in the city. Cheyenne Mountain borders the south side of the town, too, which is a rougher area. My friend thinks you could set a zombie apocalypse movie there in some parts. The urban region of Colorado Springs has done a lot in the last decade to grow and improve uh, based on my visits to family in the university. Oh, and cool. she also says uh, to let her know if she needs any more, if we need any more uh, Colorado uh, fact checking. And uh, she's currently in season three of the show and uh, season two of the podcast. And thanks for the deeper themes and dad jokes. Well, I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's providing the deeper themes here, but we've definitely got the dad jokes covered. Lisa tries. Lisa yeah. tries. <laughs> she's, uh, she's the one who keeps so, us grounded. Yeah. Speaking of which, I don't know when this episode's going to air, but um, I wanted to, to put in a plug. Um, I didn't know this was a thing, but Sam and Jack ship day is on <laughs> July 28th. That's the anniversary of the first airing of Divide and Conquer, which we'll get to. Um, which is the uh, the episode where they were forced to admit they had feelings for each other. So depending on this, when, when this episode airs, um, you know, Sam and Jack ship day could just be mere uh, days or weeks away. So uh, we'll have to think of something special to do. Definitely. I'll uh, look at the calendar and we'll, we'll get our party hats yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the, or the napkins the, to mop our eyes as we're, we're yes. tearing up. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Paula W., Fady A., Bernadette C., Elizabeth T., and Carrie B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. <coughs> to find previous episodes of secrets of stargate and to send feedback please visit sqpn.com stargate and you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow starquest on social media at facebook.com starquest media or on twitter at sqpn and we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of sg1 maternal instinct until then father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of stargate Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you, too. Thanks, Jack. And you're the most important thing that has ever happened to my planet. I'm, I'm glad that I could be that for you. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Berezini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?